This is a New Culture Media production. here with an all-new episode of Intriguing Sessions where, you know, I talk to people that intrigue me. And today I have none other than CEO and entrepreneur Bo Sajwade. What's up, Bo? How are you? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be on this podcast with you, Jordan. I'm so happy you decided to sit down with me and have a chat. Um, like I told you, it's shows about me introducing, not introducing, uh, interviewing people that you know, they have something about them, their passion, something about how they live their life intrigues me, and so I have questions. And so in your case, it's not every day that you get to sit down and talk with a young CEO, a young black CEO at that. Um, right. So for the people who don't know, who is Bo Sajwade? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I am a tech entrepreneur. I'm Nigerian-American. Uh, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. I've lived in Las Vegas, and I've lived in Dallas, uh, downtown in the proper area for the last 16 years or so. I'm 27 years old, and five years ago, uh, I came up with this idea, uh, which is On Touch Go, uh, where we created an advertising platform that allows businesses to reach their target audience as they're in cars. And when I say in cars, I'm talking about rideshare, I'm talking about taxis. And if you're a local business and you want to reach people that are on your street, well, our platform allows you to do that uh, through an online self-service platform. Um, outside of the tech, I, I enjoy music and art and history. Uh, so that's a little bit about myself. Fully faceted, a fully faceted human being. I my first question <laughs> is is like, where did where did the business mind for this come from? Where where were you? Where did it start for you? Yeah, so uh, you know, it's really felt like an organic journey, and that things have just uh, trickled down into the next. Um, when it comes to this company. But originally, uh, at the beginning, I worked for a tech company called Solera, where we sell automotive software company or software uh, to, to businesses. And um, at the time, I was the top person in the, in the company. I was in sales. And I was heading a division. And, you know, I just wanted more responsibility and one of the vice presidents at the time said, hey, Bo, you really have an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, you should look into creating your own tech company. And at the time, that, that was a little bit crazy to me. Um, I did try to start businesses here and there before, uh, but not a tech company. Um, I had a marketing 
uh, business before, and that was more of a um, side hustle, right? Um, and so I think maybe the weekend after I was told, hey, you should look into creating your own tech company, I went to a bar with a couple of my friends from work, and this is a very popular bar where it's usually densely populated. It's right next to the American Airlines Center in Dallas where the Dallas Mavericks and the Stars and, uh, you know, performers uh, play and perform. And it was completely empty. So I told my friends, I said, it would be a great idea if our Uber knew where to take us, right? Mm -hmm. And I think maybe a week after that, one of the friends that I was speaking to who uh, uh, became my co-founder later on, he said, hey, I was in New York and they they have these screens in the taxis. And so I said, hmm, screens, taxis, why not screens and rideshare, right? And so that's kind of how the idea formed. And we ended up, you know, doing the craziest thing to test it. So we get on Amazon, we buy like 25 tablets, and then we download this video looping software where you can put content and it just plays it in an everlasting loop. And we end up reaching out to dozens of businesses in Dallas. So we end up getting very big brands, right? I'm talking FC Dallas, Reunion Tower, which is a staple in the Dallas landscape. Mm-hmm. Clyde Warren Park, which is a staple park that people go to in the Dallas area. The heavy Maybe hitters. Met. And, you know, we put together all this content that they send us and we put this on this looping software and we were paying these drivers. I don't know if it was 50 bucks, a hundred bucks a month. I forget, but we're paying these drivers to, to put these tablets from Amazon with this looping content on our headrest just to see what would happen. And so I started calling these drivers and I, and I asked them, I say, you know, how's it going? And they're like, well, people really like this. You know, people are scanning QR codes that are on the advertisements. People are changing their destination. You know, they're, and they were going to point A, but they like the advertiser's uh, content, so they changed it to the advertiser's uh, address. You know, I went to point B. And when I heard that, I'm like, hmm, okay, we have something. And the drivers also said that having that screen in there as a source of infotainment for the passenger improves the... Um, overall experience of that trip as well, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when I knew we were onto something, and that's when I guess the show began. And it's been a hustle and a grind ever since. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of the beginning of a company. So you, I mean, I remember we had conversations about it in the in the beginning, and you went to the heavy hitters, like I mentioned earlier. Um, Was there any type of, because you, like you mentioned, I know that some people get deterred by, you know, well, that idea is already out there. What kept you, when you initially were starting it, what kept you going like, okay, no, we have to do this? I think that's a good question. I think it was a bit of an adrenaline rush. Mm. Um, It was an adrenaline rush to finally have created an idea that was getting so much traction. It was cool that I can talk to a marketing director or owner of the business and they 
be so receptive to an idea that I have that I was trying to create and manifest into the world. So it, it was an adrenaline rush that kept me going. And the idea that I could, the American dream that I can build a business, build an empire and, and you know, hopefully make some money along the way and create and unlock generational wealth and pass that on and, and, and then, you know, break, uh, you know, a, 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 uh, I don't want to say family curse because, you know, my, my family does, pretty, you know, they do pretty well, but, you know, just take my family to the next level. So that, that, that desire and passion to be successful, to create something, to build, and then also inherently create that gener generational wealth for my family. Those are the drivers that, um, that really kept me going day in and day out for the last going on five years. So in that, cause you mentioned, you know, taking your family to the next level, who, who is your inspiration? Or who are some of your inspirations, whether it be personal you know, or professional? Yeah, so, you know, on a family level, who inspires me? My nieces and nephews, right? And I, I want them to grow up, and by the time they're in middle school or high school, they can say, our uncle, you know, he was very successful, so if he can do it, you know, I can do it, right? Mm. From... A business standpoint, I'd like to think about this, about who inspires me. I think, you know, Elon Musk, I feel like that's a cookie cutter one to say, right? Everyone kind of likes Elon Musk. Um, but truly, uh, if you look at his life story and how many things he's built from Zip2 that became PayPal to Tesla to uh, Neuralink, there's, he's truly an inspiration because, you know, on touch go is one thing, but I see myself and I've always seen myself as someone that will create a lot of products and services that will benefit the world. And this is just the first step. Hmm. Um, I was trying to think, cause I had another good question lineup, but I'm trying to sort them around as far as how I want them to go. Um, what is you? What would you say is your business philosophy? Yeah, so business philosophy is you have to create an exceptional product. Um, if you have an exceptional product, customers will come. And in building a exceptional product, you know, I, I like to build things that I would use that solve problems I would have. Um, and I think if you have a great product, you know, customers come, uh, and I like speed in my business. Uh, I like pressure in my business, right? So, uh, we have a team, right? We have engineers, we have sales, we have, uh, you know, contractors get creating an environment of manageable pressure, um, is something that I think produces the best products, right? Mm. And what is the common saying? Pressure makes diamonds. That's true. So in that, how, how big is the team that you work with? Yeah, so our team from, we have 
two full-time engineers. Uh, we have we outsource sometimes some work with engineers, depending on what it could be. I could be working on uh, web development um, or some of our user interface uh, and and UX. Um, we have ten people uh, working for us on the sales front. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have a full board of advisors. Um, and then we also have over, I think at this point, close to 20 investors. And then we have other contractors that we sublet, you know, different work out to, right? That, you know, depend on us for a source of income. Mm. So... And, and remind me, because I remember it was a few years ago. When did the company start versus, because I'm trying to track the level of success that you guys have been on. Uh, March 2019. March of 2019. So right before COVID or the year before COVID, and it's kind of raced on from there. And I say success because you were a nominee for uh, 30 Under 30 for Forbes. Right. How was that experience? Oh, it's it's crazy. So... Uh, I'm not officially a lister, uh, but to be nominated, there's, I think, over 20,000 people uh, that apply. So to even make it in the finalist stage is impressive. They, they say that it's harder to get on Forbes 30 under 30 than it is to get into Harvard or Yale, is, is a common saying. And I, I flew out to Cleveland uh, for the Forbes 30 under 30 conference, and it was... Uh, I, you know, something out of my wildest dreams and imagination uh, from the level of people that were there to just being in a room of like-minded individuals that were very young, uh, vigilant and uh, ambitious mm-hmm. to just the venue and the way that it was orchestrated and the events that they had. Um, I think it was a fantastic life-changing experience and, uh, you know, if I do make it past the final stage, I'll be back next year and I think Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll even have a more funner time. That's, again, that's inspiring and that's exciting to think that this is not something that everybody does on a daily basis. Some people have a dream, they have a goal, and rarely do you see them kind of hit it on all cylinders. And it, from what it seems like from my vantage point, it seems like you're, if you haven't hit it on all cylinders, you're pretty damn close to it. Mm-hmm. So to see that, I'm just want to let you know, inspiring, extremely proud. And it's great to see. I just want to give you your Thank kudos you. on that. Thank you. Um, but a little bit into your background, where did you go to school for? Was it for this lane or was it for something else? And you kind of pivoted. Uh, I went to an Ivy League school called Collin Community College. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I did computer science was my background. Although I will say, even though I have a computer science background from that school, um, most of the things I've learned about development um, came from actual experience. You know, you learn the best when you have to do it. Right. So mm-hmm. I learned a whole lot, different, a lot of, and, and you know, I have two very, very talented full stack developers. Right. And so my involvement when I, when I talk about development and software development 
my expertise comes into the look and the feel of the products, right? So like I'll design what the front end looks like. I'll architect how the user should flow through the application. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I went to uh, college, college for computer science. You know, the good old quad C, we love her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to any of these conferences like uh, Afrotech or anything like that? I have not i was in 2021 i believe i was a finalist for black men talk tech and there was a pitch competition i didn't win but uh, i'm happy for the opportunity um but that was virtual right because you still had the covid uh you know situation going on right so mm. i have not attended many conferences in general and that's why me going to out to Cleveland for the Forbes uh, conference was such uh, a life-changing experience for me because I usually just kind of stay in my shell area, right, of, of Dallas. Um, and I'm not, you know, actively uh, a networker like that, right? So it was, it opened my eyes and I'm like, wow, I should do this more often. So I, I definitely would attend uh, those events in the future. I want to get into a little bit of, because you mentioned that you see yourself, you see on touch and go being one thing, but there's the possibility of you doing other things. What are those other things that you feel that you could tap into and expound upon? Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned that because I'm actually working on number two right now. Um, I'm, I got involved uh, with... Uh, this project and um, I'm spearheading the go-to-market strategy amongst other things in general advisory uh, for a first-time founder and it's really incredible I don't want to give out too many details because it's still you know sensitive patent pending what you can tell us what you can tell us okay so it's going to revolutionize retail right um and it's going to give retailers better control of their inventory it's going to transform the uh e-commerce experience for uh consumers and how they purchase items uh from retailers and it's a really exciting i mean the company already has in the hundreds of pre-orders with no website no marketing no sales team um, and it's truly, truly uh, awesome product. And I, I can't. I wish I could share more about that, but uh, you'll have to see it when it launches. But it's and and it was a perfect segue mm. uh, for me because with OnTouch Go, you know, we deal with retailers, right, on the marketing and media side, and to continue that journey of helping the retail sector uh, with another product that's going to help them in house, right, and, and their actual. Uh, physical real estate is really cool. So I think it's all the kind of intertwined in a way. Mm -hmm. And to see it all come uh, full circle, it's going to be really cool. So I have a question, and it's kind of one that I thought about in the last episode I was recording. Where does your... Where do you feel like your inspiration comes from? I mentioned that for me when I'm in the shower or when like when I'm first waking up in the morning that when you're laying there, but you're not like sleep, but you're like, your eyes are still closed, but you're, you can hear everything. That's generally when my ideas and the creativity kind of floods in for me. When is that for you? 
I think my inspiration for me, where I live, I live in um, a high-rise building, and so as I'm speaking to you, I'm seeing the cityscape. And I think sometimes I just wake up in the morning, I sit on my couch, I kind of just stare into the sky, I stare into the city, and I think there's something magical and and, and intangibly magical about um, a city view that gives you inspiration because you see so much human innovation right in front of your face. And those, those tend to be those moments where I have those aha moments and generate ideas um, also, when I'm just out, outside, hanging with friends, uh, most of my friends, they're all, if not all of them, are all business-savvy people, so just generating different ideas and concepts. Um, or, you know, I enjoy having phone calls with fellow uh, entrepreneurs and friends and just catching up on life, and from those conversations, ideas form as well. So those are kind of my sources of where ideas, uh, where my idea inspirations can come from. Bob, I'm going to tell you that beginning part that you were talking about up in the high rise overlooking the city, it's giving very much Bruce Wayne <laughs> in the back cave. Like, all right, Bruce, you got to watch up there. Um, oh, I had a good question. It just slipped my mind. I should have wrote it down. Um, where does Bo professionally at least, see himself in five years? Well, in five years, I would like to have say, say that I have successfully exited one startup. And, uh, you know, with that capital, if it's a sizable exit, um, I would like to uh, start other projects, you know, things that help people, right? Things that inspire creativity. So I have a list of patentable ideas, this general business ideas. And every time I get an idea, I write this on this on this doc document. And it's gotten so long that I really just have to like close my eyes and you know swirl my fingers and just land on something and pick it and do it. But I definitely see myself as successful exited tech entrepreneur probably still working on the second thing I mentioned earlier, because one thing I've learned is that businesses can take away five, 10 years of your life before you know it. So Hmm. definitely probably still working on project number two in five years. Um, And then also I see myself being an avid tech investor, helping other tech entrepreneurs with my experience um, and knowledge and know-how helping them. Uh, I see myself maybe being either starting or contributing to youth programs, um, which is something I'm passionate about. I would have loved to, or love to, you know, go into a, um, a disadvantaged community and step in there with just the, the energy of a successful tech entrepreneur and look those children in the face and give them life-changing advice and energy and steer their, their life in the right direction as well. So those are some of the things I see. And hopefully, you know, I can also see myself uh, somewhere on a boat, you know, in, in, in the Mediterranean Sea 
you know, for the summer, just enjoying uh, the fruits of my labor as well. So those are some of the things that I see five years into the future, but who knows really. I'm telling you, it's Bo, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> Mediterranean. Um, well, look, we're going to take a pause for the cause. I'm going to come back on the other side, and I want to get into a little bit of what is Bo like during his downtime. See how fun that is. We'll be right oh, back God. with more. <laughs> this week's musical showcase artist, I have the pride and privilege of introducing none other than B. Soldier. It's just the way we live. I got my glizzy on me every time I step up out the crib. Cause I know it take one shot to kill, and I'm the chosen one for real. Like I say my iron level low, had to upgrade my skill. Steady striking niggas and bitches on my life, cause they can't keep it real. The ops will find a way on base, they tweaking for a steal. But I'm moving smarter, boy, look up, I see my vision clear. Life really be what you make, and we taking risks on the daily. In that jungle with them lions, don't need nobody to say. They ask me, and then I get No handouts ain't need no fail. Got that shit all on our own. Real self love that I created. Ain't no water, boy, you Tryna feel it still for real Lights come and action, we can shoot the movie out of the year Watch that red attack, gonna split to win Hope you ain't red, so that blood you said should have a natural bleed And if you want to hear more from B-Soldier Make sure you click on the link in the description for this week's episode Now back to the show Alright, and we're back from the break So, bro, we're gonna play a little game of this or that I'm gonna give you some options You let me know which one you prefer over the other um, and then we're going to get into talking about Bo the man on the personal side on his downtime. So this or that liquor okay. or wine liquor, Hmm. beach getaway or a cabin getaway beach family time or alone time or alone time. Yeah. Uh, I get enough alone time, family time. Scary movies or comedies? Comedies. Hip hop or R&B? Ooh. You know what? Hip hop. Okay. Road trips or plane rides? Road trips. I, I'm afraid of airplanes. See, nobody wants to do the road trips. I'm a fan of them. Everybody's like, get me on a plane. I just want to get there. I said, a road trip is fun, man. Get your snacks in. Um, so we're going to get a little bit into the personal person of Bo. What is, what is Bo like on his downtime? What do you do when you're just lounging? The first thing that comes to mind is music. So uh, ever since I was little, I think four years old, my dad was very into music. I mean, he's very talented. He's plays multiple instruments from, you know, piano to guitar to drums. And um, so he always instilled music in me. And so, you know, growing up, my biggest hobby has always been writing, producing, uh, singing music. And so I find myself, a lot of my downtime is just writing music, making instrumentation. I actually just 
because um, most of my music equipment is in my family's home. I actually just bought some new music equipment, pianos, speakers, uh, software. Um, so that's number one. I think number two, um, going out, socializing. I'm a normal millennial, so you know, just going to a nice restaurant. I like fancy cocktails and you know, nice restaurants where uh, there's uh, culinary excellence and, and trying new food and, and new drinks. I definitely like that. Um, and then the third thing, I s- spent a lot of my uh, free time on is watching and boxing. Right? I, probably, I don't keep up with other sports that much, but boxing, uh, how you know the typical American loves football, that's how I love boxing. Mm. So just off of that, I have three follow-up questions. First question is, does Bo like bottle service? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Bo Bottles in some areas. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Does Bo like bottle but service? That was the question. The funny thing about that is, you know, I, I definitely had fun. I think that's part of the sales culture. Um, like just when you're in sales in certain companies is, you know, you make a lot of money, you have a good commission check, you go out, you have fun. But that I've been doing probably for five years. And it's just got to the point where it's, it's, it's fading out. Um, you know, I've, I've had my fun with that. But it's also a very powerful networking tool. Um, believe it or not, because typically the, the type of people that will pitch in or even buy uh, a, what, a 500 or 5,000 percent or whatever marked up, you know, bottle of tequila or champagne, you know, they might be doing well or they might be faking it. But, you know, it's either or, right? There's no in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I found it was, uh, it was a good networking tool. I think uh, two of my initial investors from our first round of funding actually came from like just going out, you know, buying a bottle or being at a section of the table. Funny enough, so it's a good networking tool. Hey, get them how you can, man. Um, <laughs> on a music tip, how many instruments can you play, or do you know how to play? Yeah, so piano, uh, guitar, and I'm rusty in all these. Just full transparency, but. Piano, guitar, drums, flute, clear that. I guess they're very similar. Um, Is this all self-taught or you were in like band or anything like that? Uh, so, yeah, in middle school, I was in band and I was in choir. Come on, Bo, hitting the high pitches. Yeah, yeah. Can see you now. Not so much now. Not so much now since you know puberty. But uh, back in the day, I I could sing. <laughs> what else does Bo like to do on his downtime? Are you a cooker? Do you like to travel the world? And you mentioned the Mediterranean. Have you I'm gotten out of the country? I'm an Uber Eats order. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I do. I will say I have an air fryer. I do like air frying steak. Uh, there's a new dietary plan that I've been somewhat sticking to. Mm. which is, uh, you know, eating more meat and then just seeing how my body responds to that. Um, 
what was the other part that you, that you mentioned? Well, I was saying like traveling because you mentioned the Mediterranean. You would like to go there on a boat. So where have you been outside you know, of the country? I haven't been much places, believe it or not. So I've been to Mexico. I've been to a number of cities and states in the U.S., but not as much as, you know, the average person that I talk to. I've been to Baltimore, Las Vegas, Dallas, uh, Austin, San Antonio, uh, New Jersey, uh, Cleveland, uh, Atlanta, uh, Los Angeles. And I think uh, there might be one other, maybe a Delaware in there, but like... Other than that, not many places. And there's a reason, right? People always say, well, maybe y'all go out and travel. And I and I generally agree with that, but I kind of view traveling the world as this sacred experience that you have with your your you know your wife or your significant other. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of reserving that in the tank, if that makes sense. You know, because it's it, sometimes a good vacation is not about the destination, but the person you're with. Bo is the lover boy, I tell you. <laughs> so that leads me to ask: Where in the future, with the significant other, when the time comes, where in the world would you want to travel, and why? I, I really like Dubai. You know, if I if I ever left the United States, it'd probably be in that area, even though it's really hot. Uh, probably harder than Las Vegas than what I'm used to. That's one. Why? It's very safe. It's very modern. I, you know, I like sci-fi movies, and so Dubai is pushing the forefront of engineering, you know, and 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 just creating a very fun hospitality industry. So I think that's cool. I, th- you know, my parents just got back from Dubai not too long ago, and they had a, and they usually just kind of stay in for the most part. They may travel like once or twice a year, but for the most part, for like family and friends events, but for the most part, they don't really travel, travel. And to see them go to Dubai and have a good time, and my dad almost kill a camel by sitting on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, man, I have to try something <laughs> like that, and I really like that city. Um, I'm also technically a UK citizen because my mom's from London, so I'd like to go to the UK. Um, I have to figure out my passport with the UK government, but I think I just pay a fee. So definitely that. Um, London's a good time. So if you ever have the yeah. chance to go, go to London. It's a it's a good time over there. Yeah. So those are the media things. And I think outside of that, I really want to see natural beauty you know, God created beauty. Um, so there's like a few spots that I try to like save and bookmark and screenshot. And hopefully I open to back up my phone one day and say, okay, let's, let's fly it. Let's fly there. So. I just thought about, as we're talking about like downtime, <clears throat> what do you do to make sure you have the proper balance between work and your downtime? You know, I'm a big firm believer of working hard, you know, and having fun partying hard or playing hard or whatever the figure of speech is. Mm. Um, or fig- is it figure of sp- or figurative, figurative speech? Um, figure of speech. Yeah. Um, and so there's not like a specific daily regimen I have to safeguard my downtime. Uh, you know, cause the, I, I could be outside at 
10 p.m. on a Saturday and my phone still has, you know, group chat messages from engineers or something business related. So I'm, I'm kind of, as an entrepreneur, you're kind of always working 24-7 is the, is the reality of it. Um, but because the where application is with being a self-service application, it does create probably a little bit more lenient um, downtime than most business owners might have, right? Depending on how intense and hands-on um, you have to be with your business. So there's not a specific magic recipe that I have, but I will say burnout is real. Uh, I have worked, in, and even recently, I have worked so much that I physically physically started to have medical conditions from like that you know I, I when i work way too hard i have migraines very sharp migraines even temporary vision blurry vision so at that point right you can say health is wealth let me take a break let me revisit right yeah your, your body will let you know when it's time i've had exactly. similar cases where I was so stressed out, so overworked. I was diagnosed with vertigo and I was had to be put on bed rest because I was just going, going, going because I felt like I was just Teflon. I could do anything. I could do everything. And, you know, your body will tell you, you need to slow your ass down. Go sit down, right. relax, chill out for a couple of days at least. Um, Absolutely. Oh, I just went brain dead and had another good question. I need to start writing these down as they come to me. <laughs> um. Hmm. Oh, yes. The Oprah question, as I call it. Finish this question for me. Being an entrepreneur makes me feel. Uh, Being an entrepreneur makes me feel. Empowered. Mm. Why? Why? I think there's magical innate feeling you get when you're trying to build something into the world and there's a level of friction when you get started but you make it to the next milestone and being an entrepreneur is empowering because the level of self-confidence and self-belief that I have now in comparison to earlier in my life is night and day. And you only can truly build true self-confidence from having a discography of like proven overcoming insanely hard challenges and obstacles. So even though it's insanely hard, even though you'll have periods of intense stress, it's beautiful in the sense that you'll look back one day and you'll be so proud of yourself. Even by some chance, there's failure, right? Maybe the business didn't happen the way that you thought it would happen. You can at least say you tried. And I think that's very powerful, right? We live in times where not a lot of people are trying. So to be one of those few going against the grain, mm-hmm. the confidence you feel, you know, it, the, how I feel every morning waking up. And, and there's times where I, I, I wake up and say, is life real? You know, did I really do this? Right. 
I, I think it's something that you can't put a dollar value to or even really describe in words. That whole thing just brought another good question to my to my psyche. What is what is something that Bo now would tell Bo ten years ago? Ten years ago. Yeah, that was the question. But what was something that Bo now would tell Bo himself ten years ago? Ten years ago I was just getting out of high school. Funny enough, my high school reunion was I think the last week or the week before that. Mm. Uh, I didn't go, uh, but um, not intentionally. Uh, I had all intentions to go, but uh, I had other uh, events with uh, a friend for the birthday. So 10 years ago, putting myself in that mindset, just out of high school, right? You're about to conquer the world or the world's about to conquer you type of mindset. Just be myself. Be creative. Um don't don't listen too much to what people have to say if it's not constructive, if it's not going to, if they're not steering you in a direction that that's going to uh, empower you. Um, or perhaps I tell myself nothing because I, I, I like the person I've become. And had you told me all the things I'd had to go through, from you know now to 10 years perhaps i wouldn't even have done it because i'd be like that's insane Mm. uh there's been moments where almost a year straight every night i'd wake up in cold sweats and i i think perhaps i'd tell myself nothing right um but if i did it would be that cold sweats yeah bo you be putting yourself through it man (laughs) You're putting yourself through it. He said, yeah. this Bruce Wayne vision has to come to light. We will be Bruce yeah. Wayne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By all means. By all means, damn it. Um, what is something that you could tell another young Bo-like person who's trying to follow in that same path? advice you can pass along or gems you can pass along? Yeah, so, you know, we live in a capitalist society and virtually everything is either a multi-million or multi-billion dollar industry. So if you like a certain thing, that means you're probably a product expert to an extent in that certain endeavor. And you can probably build a business around that, right? So like, you know, I guess kind of one of the hobbies I picked up since I've moved into uh, my, my newer place earlier this year is interior designing a bit. And if I'm someone that likes interior design, well, guess what? Interior design is a multi-billion dollar industry, right? And I think sometimes, uh, and I have friends and know of people like this where they admire the idea of being an entrepreneur, but they view it as high risk. So they never really start. They kind of lay dormant in this in this limbo state. But just start, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And never underestimate how well you can perform under pressure. Because human beings, since the offset of time, can do very incredible things when we're under pressure, right? You know, it, it wasn't too long ago we were cavemen fighting saber-toothed tigers, right? So, you know, I mean, 
that that pressure of almost being devoured devoured by a big cat. Now we have these big skyscrapers and cities and security and all this amazing infrastructure. So that's what I'd say. I would tell someone that is young and ambitious, put yourself under pressure and see how well you perform because you'll be amazed what you can do. It's the fact that you said not too long ago we were fighting saber-toothed tigers as if that wasn't 34 million (laughs) years ago when that was taking place. But, you know, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I also have to say, because after this, if you haven't and if you care to watch, if you're a a love of history like I am, there is a documentary on the History Channel um, about men uh, who built the country, how they built it. And it talks about Rockefeller and Carnegie and... Ford and so I'll send that to you because I think that's something you would actually really like um what do you so it's this is a two-parter and I thought I was thinking as I was thinking about it I should have kind of slapped it on the front end but first part of it what is the biggest misconception you feel um of being an entrepreneur Hmm, that's a good question The biggest misconception, I think, is that this is gonna, I'm actually gonna contradict myself, that it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I say that because working a nine to five is hard, it's extremely hard. Mm-hmm. But if you correlate the two and compare them, right? Over time, they're both hard, but one yields higher results and benefits, right? So I think um, a lot of people don't want to be entrepreneurs because they think it's extremely hard. Well, so is a 95. And if you put the same energy towards your 95 or even half of it into starting something, you might get somewhere, right? And then you can transition full time and start building it out. Um, And even though it can be challenging, there's still an element of fun because you should be building something that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think that's the common misconception about entrepreneurship is that it's hard. It is, but life is hard. It's not as hard as people think, if that makes sense. It's where you choose to put in the effort. Right. And the second part of that question is on the personal side, what do you think is, a misconception or one of the biggest misconceptions about you? Yeah. Um, you know, I've, you know, I've known you since what I was, I probably knew you 10 years ago, maybe eight. Let's say back when we worked at frontier on the sales team. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest misconception about me, I, I think objectively people would say I'm an interesting person. Um, I think it's easy to be misunderstood. I'm very ambitious. I'm very self-driven. And some people might not interpret it the way I hope they intend that, uh, intend it to be interpreted, if that makes sense. So whether people mistake that as arrogance or they mistake that for you know being egotistical, that's I think that's that could be a mis uh, mis 
uh, misconception about me, right? And I think that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs and ambitious people in general. But uh, I think I'm a well-grounded person that has a very high EQ that I can put myself in people's positions, empathize. But yeah, it's just I have this very ambitious energy and nature to me and determination to uh, achieve my goals and, and, and be powerful and do good in the world. And I'm very, very vocal about it. You know, people say move in silence. I'm the opposite of that. I'm like, I, I, you know, I, you know, I got the power of God and energy and, and good spirit and people wishing me well. So I'm very vocal. Cause I know that, you know, even if I'm very vocal and maybe I'm talking to an audience of 10,000 people, it, it might rub, you know, 2,000 people the wrong way, it might, you know, and 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 7,000 of the people think it's okay or whatever, but that 1,000 that it really resonates with, those people are going to build, and, it, and then they're going to inspire another 1,000 people. So now it just trickles down, and you got, uh, you know, what, a thousand times a thousand is a million. Now you now you just indirectly influenced and inspired a million people. So I think that's a misconception. Just, you know, people mistaking confidence for arrogance. Sounds like a man who's confident and covered and just, yep. you know, loves what he does. Yep. Um, we're going to take another pause for the cause. The final one, we're going to be back with our final thoughts. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. Are you following Intriguing Sessions on Instagram? If so, you need to, because you're going to miss out on the first annual Intriguing Sessions Listener Contest. At the end of this season, I will be asking eight questions, one question for each episode. The first person to DM me with all of the answers to the questions correctly will be the winner and receive a prize. I'm feeling a little Santa Claus spirit on me, very generous, so you might want to, you know, participate because this prize is uh, going to be pretty good. So make sure you follow at Intriguing Sessions on Instagram for more. More announcements, more clips, more show, more musical guests to come, all the exciting stuff's over there. So go follow. Now back to the show. And welcome back from the final break. So, Bo, this is our final thoughts in another show. Again, I appreciate you for coming on and, and giving me your time to do this. Um, do you have any final thoughts, anything that you want to put out there, any last-minute gems you want to drop, words of encouragement? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good question. Let me think about that. <laughs> um, words of encouragement, uh, it's going to sound cliche, but you know, really and truly, there's a reason why we all keep saying this. We all being entrepreneurs that jump on these podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever content we all consume. But really do chase your passions. Um, because humans were creators, we're builders naturally, right? And a concept, too, that I've always thought about is... Again, not too long ago, um, <laughs> you know, in, in ancient times... Uh, everyone was kind of an entrepreneur, right? You you had your house that you were built by hand. You had your 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 livestock, and maybe you were a fisherman, and you know you had a small fisherman business, and you would take the fish and you'd go to the market. But everyone kind of made a living as a small or regional entrepreneur, right? So 
I, I, I really encourage people to think about that, that, you know, they come from bloodlines of already successful entrepreneurs, right? Because if they weren't successful in catching those fish and going to the fish market or whatever livestock or trade or, you know, whether, whether they were trading uh, silk or whatever ancestry background people are from, well, we wouldn't exist, right? <laughs> so um, I think people should think about that more. I can dig it. I just thought of my my final thoughts too, because it's kind of based on a conversation I have with a good friend. Um, last night we were talking about how uh, I don't know if you saw recently. I think his name is Jelly Roll. He was on the CMA Awards. He said at thirty nine, he uh, is winning Best New Artist. So he's like, don't let age limit you to what you think you can do or when you think you can start. And so, I- what were you gonna say? Uh, so I, I agree with that. Um, same. I, I feel that in that conversation we were having, you know, the friend kind of pushed back, well, certain people have resources that other people don't. Certain people have certain advantages that other people don't. And my thing with that is we've seen a lot of people start with absolutely nothing. Nothing. Tyler Perry started with maxed out credit cards. Now look where he's at. So don't allow age, don't allow really any limitation to stop you from what you believe you can do, what you know you can do, what you have a dream for. Don't stop dreaming. Don't don't let anybody tell you, oh, you dream so big. You have all of these wild, crazy things. They're not wild and crazy. They're attainable. You just have to be able to put in the effort and the work and the time to want to see those things blossom into what they can be. So those that's just my little final thought on that. Yeah, I agree with that. And to add to that, I think it's never been easier. There's never been a time in history where it's been easier to be an entrepreneur, right? I think traditionally, the way it used to work is, you know, you'd have to get money and resources from an institutional bank. And now there's just so many ways to collect resources, um, you know, from uh, crowdfunding to even taking pre-orders and then invoicing Factoring the invoicing, which is, uh, for those listening not familiar, is when a uh, finance company gives you the money up front to fulfill orders. There's virtually almost no excuse, right? You can almost build anything with a list of people that are interested in the product or service that you're about to provide. And so we live in very interesting times uh, where it's never been easier to, to build something out. Well, like I said, Bo, I appreciate you for giving me your time to do this. I definitely want to have you back to do more in-depth conversation. I've had some other things that have come to mind, but I want to definitely. let you go out in the world and create again and, and build up something else great, and then we'll have you back on the next couple of seasons that I already have working on in the books. So thank you again. This has been another episode of Intriguing Sessions. I appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll be back with more. Thank you.